probably be to listen to. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't listen. I wouldn't listen to it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't already listen to a lot, but yeah. Oh well, you're gonna listen to this one, right? Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't matter anyway. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Return of the the Peter. Oh, I thought you. I liked it, but it's just us again. Isn't that interesting? It feels good. It's just us two. We don't see enough of each other by working together and then, you know, recording together, seeing movies together. Like, we don't spend enough time together, so it's nice that we can sit down and just have these conversations. <laughs> it's like this where we can just pretend it's nine years ago and we're living together. And <laughs> we're just like, hey, you want to start a podcast? Well, don't make it sound like we started this nine years ago. Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> but we were just us then. We were That's alone. That's true. Well, Peter, we're doing part two of the Star Wars retrospective. I'm pretty excited because now we're talking about the original trilogy. Oh, did you think we'd... Oh, God. There's going to be a slight skip. I was super scared you just... the like What happened last week where we had to restart twice. <laughs> okay, no. But for some reason, my computer didn't like me turning the headphones off, which is how I was monitoring the sound. It's all good. There's just like... A skip, man. Can we, we have can we have a week without technical difficulties? I blame John. <laughs> it's he was my John's, rock. John's not here. John was my rock. <laughs> oh well, but yeah, original trilogy. We moved past. I, I out of the three retrospectives, this will hopefully be the least salty. Like I have nothing to be salty about really with uh, the original trilogy. I think we maintained the salt levels. You know during the prequel discussions like i feel like we didn't go too hard like i feel like we could have sat there and just shit on the whole prequel trilogy but i feel like we held back a little i almost have more nostalgia feelings about the prequels than i do the original oh just because i actually have more problems with like original trilogy really Uh oh that's gonna be interesting this should be an interesting dynamic then because like I, I'm not afraid to admit I kind of have I have rose colored glasses or whatever about the original trilogy. There are definitely some blind spots for me. Uh, not saying I'm not going to defend the this thing, but I guess take what I say with a grain of salt. Of you know, not to get too into it, but I would actually argue the reason I love movies and storytelling in general is because of Star Wars. Like I think it was the thing that awakened me to the greater world of storytelling. It's interesting because I, I think I can see how a young, impressionable Mark would see <laughs> the original Star Wars trilogy and see how poorly acted it was and go, <laughs> I could do that too. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> what, you were young. <laughs> as, as soon as you started that, it was with the tone of like, oh, he didn't know any better. That poor Mark. There's nothing like... That made first, it accessible. <laughs> the first three are very well regarded by the film community. As technical marvels, <laughs> n- the level of acting in there is not. Come on. I mean, I think, I think. Um, why am I, Alec Guinness as Old Man Obi-Wan? The Wanted only known actor who no one knows today. Harrison Ford? Harrison he, Ford did great as Han Solo. He wasn't known then. Oh. Only Alec Guinness was. And, no, and like I said, no one knows who he is now. They're like, wait, who is that? People know who Harrison Ford is. Now they, I'm saying then the original trilogy, the only known actor. That's who got. That's who was in the movie that got people to go. That's true. I guess I don't know. I just oh Harrison Ford American Graffiti. Yeah, who all watched that movie? I did. (laughs) Stop eating and drinking into the mic. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I I'm mean, so thirsty. if we're just gonna go into it, let's we let's I'm start pumped. with we'll start with New Hope. So this is the movie that really, and not just my own personal experience, but it did change film, like audio wise. Like there's that whole story of how basically George Lucas invented surround sound through this movie because no, he wasn't technical genius. Yeah, and honestly, the opening of this film I think is one of the most of New Hope is one of the most iconic opening scenes in any film i would art like i think anyone that has ever seen a movie can recognize Agreed. the opening and it can never be replicated or like without like, feeling like it's a reference to yeah. like um i was watching something the other day and it hit me how much of a trope to uh so like you know the movie opens spaceship over yeah space battle when vader enters and it's the door breaking open and it's stormtroopers coming through and the vader walks in that shot I feel like is such a trope now across all genres where it's never the door opens and like the main villain walks through. It's always like the minions come through a door and then it's the main bad guy. I don't know. It's just a shot that I feel like is so recreated. And uh, I mean, the crawl is technically a steal from uh, is it Flash Gordon, those old Flash Gordon serials. I think it's, Flash Gordon, like he even admits that that was the inspiration for him because that's how those old serials started, was like explaining what's going to happen. Yeah, some exposition. Yeah, and it's a good setup. Yeah, uh, especially what's an it's an entirely new galaxy. Yeah, and you're like what? Hundred percent. I wish I could be taken to that 1977 mindset of this being yeah such a spectacle. Because it had to have really just melted minds. Oh, yeah. Uh, there used to be that great uh, documentary that was about Star, like how Star Wars changed the world or whatever. And there's a great story of Mark Hamill. And I want to say Harrison Ford, but it could have been somebody else. But Mark Hamill and somebody else decided to sneak into a theater because they heard the trailer for Star Wars was going to be airing. And they didn't, again, everyone thinks this movie could probably bomb so they sneak in to see the people's reactions and the trailer goes on and if you ever look up the original trailer for new hope it's a weird trailer but trailers then were a oh lot yeah different yeah for sure but the trailer ends and it ends with coming to a galaxy near you it was like the catchphrase and it like silence falls on the audience and mark hamill says just some dude in the back's like and then straight to dvd the day after or straight to video the day after <laughs> like just shit on it and everybody starts laughing and mark hamill's like oh my god what have i done with my career or whatever it was it was probably like 2 weeks later the movie's an international hit <laughs> that man abraham lincoln <laughs> That man was Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but New Hope, story-wise, and I think it's one of the reasons why it's such a great entry movie to just storytelling in general, is because it's the most basic hero's journey. It is verbatim the steps of the hero's journey. Yeah. In the simplest forms, it's still very entertaining, but it's it's so tight and compact. Like, that's one of the things I always love about it is that you could actually just take New Hope, never make any other movies, never make any other Star Wars movies. And it still is fine on its own. It has a point A, point you know B or whatever. It gets there. Story's over. You, 
like there is kind of loose ends of like what happens to Vader or whatever, but it that doesn't seem to be the focus of the story. Yeah. So it feels so complete when the uh, medal ceremony happens or whatever. That's just something I really enjoyed about it. Acting wise, I'll give you it's Mark Hamill's first movie. Dude, he's worse in uh Revenge. You mean Empire? Empire, yes. In Empire I'll, Strikes Back. I'll save that for the Empire because yeah. I will defend that because I think there's a point behind that. But in New Hope, he's I mean he's he's fine. fine. He's fine. It's it's really the next two movies that Oh, that you have a problem on. with? Yeah. Interesting. Cause I yeah, I would say he plays the farm boy kind of out of his element pretty well throughout this whole movie. Yeah, out of his element and space and acting. It makes sense. <laughs> I always forget how long in New Hope the R2-D2 C-3PO. Like, I've watched New Hope a billion times, but I always forget how long it is from when they leave the Tana 5 or yeah. whatever to when, when Luke picks them, picks them up. That's a good space of time. It's 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 a lot of trust in them to carry <laughs> some yeah, scene. That's an interesting idea of um like how to start a I guess you can kind of see it as a good break point because especially by back then standards that was a big action scene, you know what I mean? Like a huge space battle then shoot out on the Tana 5 and it's all around good. So I guess in their minds like we need a chill time. And that's what you got with them just roaming through the desert, the iconic duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah, and then them with the Jawas, you're like, what? Oh, my gosh, the Jawas. Those actually used to kind of scare me as a kid because they're just glowing eyes in a hood. (laughs) It's terrifying. Yeah. They just cap R2 with the electrical thing. Sad. So, like, how, how do you come up with that? Yeah. And they're in their garbage truck thing. <laughs> I loved that thing as a kid. It looked so cool. Just a giant fortress, traveling fortress thing. Well, and the Lego set was a big looking brown turd. And I like kind of <laughs> wanted it. But then you're like, yeah. why do I want to build a rectangle? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those Legos that you'd always see in like Target or Toys R Us is like, I want that. But I feel like once I build it, I'll regret that I got yeah, this. What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah. It's not flying. <laughs> Just rolling. Yeah, it was, that was a weird one. But that was one of the expensive ones, too. Yeah. Oh, man. I always I always love the... Just Luke, the glimpse into Luke's farm boy life is so funny to me. Oh. Let's go into Tashi Station, get some power, power converters. converters. Oh. To think how different the galaxy would be, especially knowing what happens in the sequel trilogy, if Luke had just gone to get those power converters. Just Uncle Owen does goes through the droids, probably doesn't see the message. Luke stays on for another season, maybe then goes to the Academy. You know, the whole galaxy would have been completely different. Yeah. Hashtag Empire did nothing wrong. The <laughs> throwing that political message out there. But I am the Senate. I it makes sense, but is also super weird that the concept of a moisture farmer, like it's a desert planet. Right. So I guess farming water makes sense and is a viable crop. But like again, like you were talking about the thinking of Jawas, who thinks of that? Who's like, yes, we're gonna have a desert planet. And uh, we got to have them be farmers. 
but they can't grow things like corn because it's a desert planet. <laughs> <laughs> Water. <laughs> oh, and it, cool. Like, and it weirdly makes sense too that the um, like the how the houses are set up are in like a underground kind yeah, of or it'd be thing. cooler. Yeah. It's all thought out in the weirdest way. Well, it's more thought out than later planets. Well, yeah, that's it's, true. Like even with the the Tuscan Raiders are really cool. Yeah, and I I was thinking about this. That could have easily been a weird, over the top, very racist thing of implying that they were like Native Americans or even. Like any sort of idea like that, and he definitely made them this own weird. Like I don't even know what they are. They're just, you know, sand people. Like, is that what they look like? What do they look like under the stuff? Aren't they supposed to be like? They're not worms, but they're like a weird. Their mouths look like, but it's worms. It's it's not. I don't mean. I just mean like they're not made up of worms, but it's some sort of weird like tentacle esque face because there was that badass jedi in the extended universe i don't know if he's still canon who was raised by tuscan raiders remember in the books in the comics and stuff like anakin had beef with him and he he wore a mask and then when it was revealed it was that it was that stupid fake out of like oh my god we're gonna see what they look like under the thing and then he was a human yeah and he was like i was human but i was raised by yeah i brought romulus up before recently and it's like one of those yeah it's raised by wolves (laughs) yeah but yeah, Tuscan Raiders, they were scary as a kid. Yeah. Like they Those were, were scary. Yeah. yeah. They did a good job with that. Um, yeah. The whole Luke getting the message all plays out very well, very streamlined. You know, help me. One of the most iconic lines in all of Star Wars help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Obi Wan Kenobi. I wonder if he means old Ben <laughs> Kenobi. <Yeah>. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those scenes that sets up one of my only real flaws I have with the original trilogy, which is the the inevitable Luke and Leia being brother and sister. That's so hot. Because it started the internet fetishdom. Feftum? I don't know. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> Fiefdom. <laughs> Fiefdom. <laughs> but yeah, that message and him just being like, who is she? She's beautiful. Because it's set up. It is very much set up in the classic, like, guy gets the girl because, he, you know, he rescues the princess. Like, he's going to get the girl kind of thing. I mean, they kiss. Well, he kisses. she kisses him on the cheek for luck, and then they swing across the bridge. Yeah, it's not luck, though. You know, like... <laughs> she wanted him? Yeah. Well, her options were that or the asshole who keeps yelling at her. <laughs> well, or the Wookiee. <laughs> and as life has shown, it's the assholes that end up with the chicks. Well, she does end up with him, so. And you thought you were listening to a movie podcast. <laughs> Cue the incel music. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. But, yeah, that's just one of those things where the first time, you know, you're watching it or whatever, you don't think anything of it. But it's one of those things that later when it's the reveal of the Leia's my sister, you're like, wait a uh oh, I don't know if I like baked? that. Well, it's one of those things that wasn't planned that they threw in last minute. We can get more into that when we get to Return of the Jedi, because there's a lot of things in Return of the Jedi that were not a part of the plan that they changed last minute. Ewoks, Ewoks being one of them. <laughs> the uh, but in New Hope, I mean, it was completely George Lucas's vision. Uh, I actually read it to get ready for this. I actually read like a fun article. I think it was Vanity Fair did it about in celebration of, you know, Rise of Skywalker. They did like a look back at the 
the movies as they were made and they talk what? about how they did, a retrospective. they did a retrospective we didn't steal this from vanity fair <laughs> the <laughs> but they were talking about how when they filmed new hope uh it's one of, it was one of those movies that when it got to the editing bay everybody was like in panic because they were like this is awful and it's a movie that apparently was saved in the editing room george lucas's wife did the editing and apparently like chopped and cut and put together what we all know and love and uh, that it was like almost a completely different movie before she got her hands on it so that's crazy i kind of want to see that cut i do too but at the same time i don't because i read you can find original versions of the star wars script before it got turned down and he rewrote the whole thing and it's not good (laughs) like there's some cool things in it like there's some cool concept of like every pretty much everybody has a lightsaber and like the stormtroopers have a lightsabers and so that's kind of a cool thing cuz it makes the fight scenes a little bit more interesting but besides that a lot of the story makes zero sense um the skywalkers are called star killers and it's it's like it's a oh, weird oh star killers yeah that's the reference <laughs> oh wow uh. and so there's like a it's weird but getting back to New Hope, you know, I I love the introduction of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, that's such a cool kind of... It's kind of goofy in retrospect, too, where it's like him coming over the hill, and he's like, his arms are waving, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and at first, it took me forever to, like, truly figure out why they were scared of him. And I in my head, it was like... Oh, they know who Obi Wan Kenobi is. They know he he he'd fuck him up. Like this is gonna be awesome. Like, but extended universe stuff and careful listening. There's like a weird dragon esque noise that you hear before the Tusken Raiders run away, and apparently that's how Obi Wan scares away Tusken Raiders. Is he has like a it's almost like a duck calling thing. What? And it's called a crate dragon, and it, they're like these evil big ass monsters that live in on Tatooine and he mimics the sound of one to scare them off. And that's why they like freak out. But how long has he been doing that? I guess since he's been hanging out on Tatooine. So like 20 years and the Tuscan Raiders aren't like into it. Like every time I have yet to see one. Well, when, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, like, they're like, no, 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 let's wait. I've never seen one of these things. Like, Ben is never in the same place as one of these dragons. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I remember reading that. And I was like, oh, that kind of takes away of it a little bit in my my mind. But it'd be like kooky or something. Yeah. But it, again, just the... Long. Like Yoda. It is funny, too, after watching you know the prequel trilogy and all that, and you get the setup for, you know, he's watching over Luke, so he knows who Luke is and everything. You'd think Obi-Wan would lose the Jedi robes. Like, I imagine when they were filming this, those weren't Jedi robes. I imagine those yeah. were just, like, you know, because Uncle Uncle Owen wears something he, sort yeah. of similar. Yeah. And so I think it's supposed to be just a, like, whatever, I'm an old what man robes. Desert, yeah. yeah. And I think, retrospectively, they were like, those are pretty cool. Yeah, we <laughs> should make that, like, that's the Jedi back. thing. and Remember? <laughs> Remember? Darth Vader hit him, and then all was left was the robes. <laughs> <laughs> that blew my mind as a kid. I still like didn't understand. That took me so long to understand what happened. 
but we're not there yet. No, we're not. We're still on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. The, well, there's just the great. I, it's just an all around fun scene because it's Alec Guinness just carrying dialogue that's super goofy in retrospect and just like if you read it alone, which is him explaining to Luke, like, I knew your father, this is a lightsaber, the force and all that. It's it's like a pivotal scene in the saga. Yeah. That definitely could have just tanked everything. Alec Guinness like super carries it. I think I sent this to you before, but there's a great I think they intended it to be a trailer for Revenge of the Sith. Like a fan made trailer for Revenge of the Sith. But um they do that scene. I'm trying to think what the name of the song is. It's from The Leftovers. It's one of the original songs from The Leftovers. Uh, I think it's The Blessing, where it's the long violin. Yeah. So it's that while he's explaining to Luke that he knew his father and the whole, like, you know, he was the best pilot in the galaxy. And it's while he's saying this, it's showing clips from Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. And it's like this really dramatic when you're watching it. You're like, whoa, I really felt that. I highly recommend it. I think it's called like Obi-Wan Remembers or something like that. So if you can YouTube that, it's really good. But uh, so that scene now, like whenever I've rewatched the movie, I always think of that YouTube thing too, being like, wow, this scene does have weight, even though they didn't plan it to have weight, really. Yeah. Like people, I saw this on movie details on Reddit the other day where there's this point where Alec Guinness pauses and you can tell like he's thinking about like the weight of what he just told Luke or whatever. And people try to do the whole thing of like, see, this is when, you know, Alec Guinness knew that, you know, he had killed Darth Vader. You know what I mean? That whole thing. And everyone in the comments just being like, no, well, they hadn't really gotten that far yet, but that's cool to think about. <laughs> Alec Guinness knew that on, on the planet of Mystifier, he had the high ground. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you should have taught Luke. It's like, the key to being a Jedi, always have the high ground. <laughs> Both morally <laughs> and physically. And, and literally. <laughs> There's also the great see- moment in this, too, where Luke straight up just has the lightsaber pointed at his face after like having turned it on. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just could have ended real quick. Quick through the head. (laughs) (laughs) Then it makes you think how many times that's happened in the past. Oh, with like younglings? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because they don't have safeties. Oh, that's true. I wonder wonder how they deal with that. (laughs) A bunch of little kids accidentally stabbing themselves with lightsabers. Oh, man. It's a a dark thing. Yeah, that's some AFV videos you don't want to (laughs) see. Instead of dads getting hit in the nuts with wiffle ball bats, it's just younglings killing each other on accident. (laughs) How is that not like in Robot Chicken or something like that? How did they not spoof that? That's such a good idea. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, fast forward a little bit. Another kind of like funny scene that I say funny because it's, I think it's highly debated amongst the Star Wars nerds is. when Luke tries to go home to Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru, and they're dead and on fire, and um, when he goes back, it's the whole, like, see these shots on the Jawa, whatever car you call that, are, like, too precise for sand people, only Imperial Stormtroopers. And it's one of those things of, like, Stormtroopers missing is such a meme now that right. like, Stormtroopers can't hit anything is such a joke. That that's so that scene just is so funny now, and it's its own joke in itself. 
I don't know. I always laugh now. And it, it's one of those things, too, where really besides the Death Star scene, like, stormtroopers kill people. Yeah. We watch them hit people. So it's such a bizarre thing yeah. to... Plasters don't kill people. <laughs> stormtroopers kill people. Stormtroopers kill people. But it is funny that that meme evolved so heavily to where, like, I've seen a thousand different versions of shirts where it's, like, stormtroopers missing stuff. Yeah. Like, there's the, you know, those alarm clocks that you can shoot with a laser to turn off. So you have to, like, get up to turn it off or whatever, where it's just a stormtrooper, like, not being able to go to sleep because <laughs> <laughs> it's constantly <laughs> ringing. Like, I've seen that. It's They're all over the place. Let's get off. Uh, well, I guess we, well, should... we can't get off Tatooine yet. Oh, because we got to do the cantina. Yeah. Pro- again, super iconic. That's probably one of the most iconic soundtrack songs in any sci-fi movie for sure. It's awesome. It's great. And then you see so many aliens. Yeah. And then we had the, these aren't the droids you're looking for on our way in. Yeah. That's cool. And we had the computer, like, addition to that, like, monster and the stormtrooper stepping in its poop or something. Yeah, well, it's, there's, oh, I forgot about the stepping in its poop thing. I think that's a, I think that's in this. And then there's the weird CGI, like, brontosaurus looking thing where it like oh, goes yeah, like yeah, yeah. and the guy almost falls like, wow yeah yeah that's i think that's the first scene where you really see like the um that special edition added effects yeah but uh yeah the aren't the droids you're looking for class classic Ugh. the i love the cantina scene aliens just because there's like for every like very creative alien that you see, there's like a we ran out of ideas alien. There's literally like this alien you'd never seen before. It's like the Athorian or whatever with the big stuff. And then the thing next to him is literally just Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the bartender is just a dude with a pig's nose. Yeah. Or no, that's the that's the dude that gets his arm cut off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's just like there's like a alien with like super long hands and like all this crazy stuff and then there's just like literally the a bat the band's oh, yeah. crazy the band's crazy but you don't talk about there's yeah. literally yeah. just a bat boy <laughs> like it's a small child that's just like a bat bruce wayne in another galaxy <laughs> it's so weird and then i mean chewbacca is pretty creative an idea i mean it's a giant dog but yeah or like a bear dog <laughs> Or the Yeti or the Bigfoot. Sasquatch kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. This cantina scene is one of the only times in Star Wars you see blood. Yeah. Because uh, I guess they hadn't really thought through the continuity of what a lightsaber would do when you cut somebody. Which I get. So there, when that arm comes off, there's like there's blood on the bl- yep. ground and whatnot. Not a lot. Kept it in that. Isn't New Hope PG? New Hope's PG, right? They're all PG. No, Revenge of the Sith is 13. Right. But the the original. Oh, the original three are. Oh, wow. Empire's PG. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It wasn't until Ray, uh, oh, Temple of Doom was the first PG 13 movie. I'm pretty oh, wow. sure. I didn't. Oh, because of the heart scene. Yep. Andy ripping out his heart. Or not Andy ripping out his heart. <laughs> the priest dude ripping out his heart. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I would love that. Andy just turns into a heart ripping machine. <laughs> Rips Sean Connery's heart right out of his chest. <laughs> be pretty crazy. We're also in the cantina introduced to Han Solo, another just incredibly iconic figure. Yeah, the original scene is awesome. 
Oh, yeah. It's the most altered scene for no reason. It's been altered again. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, first cut, got to be the best because it's Han Solo shooting first because he's supposed to be the outlaw. Yeah, he's a badass. He's he's the anti-hero. He's not supposed to be like the good guy that's just acting tough. Oh, smuggler with a heart of gold, my ass. Yeah, it... It's such a great moment, too, because it's literally the dude's threatening him. So you get, like, there is kind of a self-defense element in there anyway. Well, yeah, Han Solo wasn't going to be allowed to leave. Yeah. So it's just such a good over my dead body, just under the table. So good. Obviously, they edited it to make it look like Greedo shot first and missed point blank. Yeah, but they make him look like he dodged, yeah, too. They're like, yeah, they do the Oh, my glitch. gosh. It's so bad. Now, though, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently on the Disney Plus version, they've changed it again to where it looks like they shoot at the same time. But that doesn't make it any better. Because the, the whole reason that shot works is because if he shoots first, it makes sense why Greedo misses. Because it's just a, like reflex fire after he's been shot in the gut it's so weird that's such a weird edit but what a badass way to leave a shooting too is just throw money on the table and just go sorry for the mess yeah gangster (laughs) and then it makes me think like a lot of people have died in In the cantina cantina. not to talk too much about did you get to that episode of man the mandalorian where they go to tatooine which one is that it's like episode four or five yeah did you get to that one where they go back in and it's instead of um, it's droids behind the bar? Oh, no. Like yeah, that. yeah, 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 for sure. That was a I don't know. That was just like a cool thing that definitely like took me back. That was like a good use of nostalgia. It was a good member Barry that wasn't manipulated. <laughs> but yeah, this is where we're introduced to the Millennium Falcon. We get a weird job of the hut edition. And that's also about him walking over his tail. Ooh, that one's that one is one of the ones that has just not aged well. It didn't look good in the late 90s. That's true. But, I mean, it's just gotten worse and worse as things have advanced where you're like, man, they couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> just like, he like, it looks like this camera just vibrates as he walks over well, his like, tail. Yeah, they're they're like cutting him out in paint and then just lifting his person over the frame. Like, it's so bad. Jabba, yeah. come on. I do think a cool add-on... I mean, people could argue against any add-ons, but um, I think a cool add-on is they added Boba Fett into the mix. They just put him in the background. He doesn't do anything, but just adding him to Jabba's crew earlier makes it continuity-wise set up better. Well, and they made space look a lot better. Yeah, they did make space look a lot better. I'm happy, though, they didn't mess too much with the... Um, like. They still used practical effects for the ships in space. Mm-hmm. They just manipulated the space a little bit more. I think it looks better oh, than yeah. if they just CGI'd the ship. And people didn't have said they didn't like this. I actually like the added leaving the planets addition, like cleanups they've done. Like those are CG now and everything, but like they look really pretty. Like mm-hmm. they're very well done. Uh, like I don't know, it's something about the blue from the um, the back of the Millennium Falcon. Like, just looks still like looks very well CGI'd and everything. It, I don't know, it's a nice add-on. But for every one of those, there's the weird Brontosaurus throwing a little dude off and somebody stepping in poop. It's like, all right, come on. <laughs> it's like I guess 
guess take what you can get. <laughs> Stormtrooper's like, I'm walking here. Oh my god! I wish if someone added and it's just they're all a bunch of like New York or Boston cops. It's like you've seen these droids anywhere? <laughs> Sorry for the mess. <laughs> Be so stupid. The I like I always remember this scene of them traveling to Alderaan as longer than it actually is. It really is only like a two minute scene. Yeah, because it cuts with them pulling Leia out of prison. Yeah, it's it's intercut with that, so it makes it seem like that's a longer period of time, which I guess is a good edit going back to the how this movie was saved in editing. Cause it really is like they leave Tatooine, they shoot into light speed past the star destroyers and then that's like intercut with leia being tortured which again by adding making her a skywalker and vader's daughter and all that stuff like that adds another layer to that scene of like oof oof that was a scene as a kid was hard like you got that something bad was happening but it was kind of confusing yeah no i was yeah because the droid has a giant needle I thought those droids were cool, though, like the floating ball droids. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool, but it just has a needle, and then it's not like he gets information out of her. So, like at first, I was like, "Oh, it's got to be like a truth serum thing," but then what was it? I don't know. That one's like a the the way the door closes as she <laughs> as Vader walks in on her. I was like, ah, did not sit well as a child. But yeah, then just when it cuts back to them on the Falcon, it's Luke with uh, the lightsaber training. And it is weird to think this is really the only Jedi training Luke gets from Obi-Wan. It's all you need. When you really think about it. I guess the counterpoint is, besides at the end of the movie, he doesn't use the Force. Like, literally, when he uses the Force, it's at the end of the movie to shoot the torpedo. Yeah. So I guess the trade-off is... I guess it's balanced. And then he's pretty much being guided by Obi-Wan, too, during that. Yeah. So it's just weird because I wonder I, that just wouldn't fly nowadays. Like there would definitely need to be because I've been thinking about that a lot with um, all the hate towards Ray being overpowered and stuff that you read. Um, and we'll definitely go into that when we do the sequel trilogy. But I've been thinking of it from the perspective of Luke and how much he got. But I think it really does come down to training versus output. Yeah. Like I almost attribute it equivalent oh, I can't speak right now, but it's similar to like if the Rocky movies, if you didn't have such an epic training montage but still had Rocky do as well he did as he did in the end of the movie, it would feel different than when you watch Rocky train as hard as he did so it pays off. There's there's a balance there. And I think the original trilogy does that pretty well. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, it kind of does the whole, oh, well, stuff happened off screen thing a little bit, but it's a little bit more acceptable. But yeah, it's it's super weird to think about just in this movie. Luke is only trained in this one scene on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, before he goes to Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it plays into that family guy joke of when you know they rescue Leia or whatever, and it's Luke's upset that Obi-Wan's dead, and it's the whole Princess Leia of like, Oh, you're really sad about that old man you only knew for like an hour. Uh, everyone I ever known and loved just blew up. That's so sad. <laughs> it's like, good point. <laughs> yeah, the the Alderaan again. Alec Guinness really killed it in this movie. I mean, he's not in the other ones that much, but 
for how much he's in New Hope, he crushes it. Even the like Alderon blowing up. Yeah, and then he has like a mini stroke. Yeah, he has that mini sit down. Like, whoa. <laughs> Do you think people will forever forgive Alec Guinness for? Um, I, I guess it was. Did he do blackface as well? I know he did brownface for uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Different times. <laughs> Still not okay. <laughs> not today. <laughs> but yeah. As Anthony Hopkins has played Othello and not as a white person. That's true. The uh... <laughs> Look that up. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty bad. The uh, Alderaan blowing up is kind of a... That's pretty a practical effect. I mean, the Death Star firing is obviously CGI, but I'm curious. I'd be curious to see what they actually did to do the planet blowing up. I just like the fact that they come out. So, like, the Millennium Falcon comes out of hyperspeed. And then I want to know where they thought they were going to be. And then, shouldn't they, like, would they have been surrounded by particles well i think well that's because he thinks they ended they're in a meteor field so i guess this is more of like a science question if a planet blows up the way it did how far the debris would go because you're right like if they come out of hyperspace if it if the debris didn't go that far would han solo have hyperspaced into the planet i mean like because if you think what's what's acting on those pieces of stuff it's the blast that blew them up so wouldn't they just be like mini rockets they'd shred the Millennium Ooh. Falcon, if they were that close. But they've got shields. They've got reflector shields and stuff. To stop planet particle bits. I don't... I don't... I mean, it stops lasers. I hope... I would hope it stops... <laughs> <laughs> I would hope it stops planet bits. <laughs> and people. And the, people. The cries of whatever. Oh, the... As in, a million people cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. It's a great line, actually. The, uh... This is, we didn't talk about. We haven't really talked about Leia that much. We've mainly fallen Luke. This is the point in the movie though, too, when they blow up Alderaan, where it's really weird, and she kind of does it in the beginning of the movie on Tantive Five, but she keeps doing like an accent. She keeps talking normally, like normal Carrie Fisher, and then when she's talking to like Tarkin. It's From one official to another. One official to another. It's yeah. almost like she's like, oh, I have to be a senator now. Where it's almost a British accent, but it's not. And then she's a snarky, whatever. Yeah, then she's back to just like, what? You can't blow up my place. <laughs> it's very obvious in that scene, in the her facing off with Tarkin thing and they blow up Alderaan. It's it's funny to watch just because it really is when you're looking for it. You're like, where the hell did that accent come from? Coke. <laughs> coke. They really get into the coke and empire. That's the main story of empire is cocaine. That's what Hoth was made out of. <laughs> just mountains of cocaine. That's such a funny story to read about with empires. They were all just doing cocaine. <laughs> That's insane. The amounts they were doing too, according to Carrie Fisher, who I, I don't know why she would have lied about that insane how do they have noses harrison ford's nose got bigger you're supposed to lose your nose when you have do that much cocaine like how much did he do <laughs> he did he did enough <laughs> i don't want to imagine harrison ford on cocaine he's already a very grumpy dude i imagine harrison ford on cocaine's insane that's gotta be ridiculous yeah I, is that what lies beneath <laughs> Oh man, that's a that's a good episode. You guys should listen to. <laughs> oh yeah, totally not related. No, it was related. It yeah. was related. <laughs> it was a plug. It was a, a self plug. 
what's that in the Death Star? This is when, like, I guess the plot picks up. I don't even know how to describe it. Because this is the inside the belly of the beast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get the, you're too short to be a stormtrooper. I love that they get into the place that they need, because the Death Star's pretty, pretty huge. Yeah, it's massive. And they're not running around that long. And they get right where they need to be. That's the force. That's the force. Right well, there. I guess I imagine if you got a facility that big, you gotta have an integral, like an intricate way to get around at a timely manner. Like there's, if it's almost, if it's, if it's the size of a moon, you gotta be able to move around fast. Like I got to imagine those elevators they get in are just like bullet trains, just <laughs> just as fast as possible. But why wouldn't you like build out your moon? What do you mean? Like, I'm sure they had a, a mall of the Death Star. Oh, you mean like, or, I'm sure we saw like the main, the office park of the Death Star. Yeah, and it had so much important stuff right there. <laughs> we got to keep all that together. <laughs> like, I imagine other sides of the Death, Death Star had like the food court. It's like near the, the prison too? Like, what in the world? Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. You want to keep it close to where the ships come in because so if you're the unloading prisoners. prisoners can leave. No, oh. when you're unloading prisoners, you want to take them to the other side of the Death Star. Right, where it's more secure and harder to escape from. You're right. Right, it's hard to escape the Death Star. Well, well Not no, for that, anyone in these movies. No, not. that's not true. Well, I guess in the other <laughs> ones. But in this one, they make it a point where they let them go because that's, that's one of the things, going back to the Stormtroopers missing, is... There's a theory because it is said in the movie that they let him go. The stormtroopers is intentionally missing so they can like force him out, so they can build a new Death Star. But since uh, <laughs> they weren't approved the budget because it's like you guys already have a Death Star, <laughs> they had to set up to where their Death Star gets destroyed. I just like I want to think more about how this Death Star would be set up as livable. Like yeah, if it's if it's set up into like four quadrants, maybe where it's like. The, the side we saw, the quadrant we saw is, you know, the military barracks. Military barracks. It's like yeah, is like where the, you know, prisoners are kept, incoming, outcoming, you know, vessels. Guantanamo like this, Bay. Yeah, this is the lockdown section. And if there's like another section that's just like a mall and, you know, shopping centers and like where your family goes it's while a bigger you're at Titanic. work. Yeah. And if there's like another section that's like, just maintenance like this is where the plumbing stuff goes this is like <laughs> yeah a lot of answers to questions you never wanted to know exactly and then there's like the last section is like where the elite are where like tarkin hangs out with like vader there's probably like a cool window where you can a see platinum everything. club card or whatever exactly and i again i have to imagine there's all these intricate tunnels elevator tube things because again it's the size of the moon and wouldn't there be families and kids is there a school well, that's the question. Like, would you, would they allow... Like Snowpiercer? Like, <laughs> like officers. Like, when you're an officer, do you get, like, you it know, on, on, um, on yeah. U.S. bases, when you're an officer, you have a house and your family lives there and everything? And conjugal visits. <laughs> conjugal visits. <laughs> but do you think they get, like a, like, a suite in the Death Star? There's, like, you know, your family stays there. Because I can't, I can't imagine every stormtrooper lets has a family that stays on the Death Star. It's got to be, like, upper-tier officers. True. Yeah, especially since we know, like, some of these stormtroopers were, like, taken against their will. Oh, that's true, yeah. So, or I guess that was only First Order stormtroopers. Only First Order? I think, yeah, stormtroopers in New Hope, or in the original trilogy, some are remnants of clones, I think, 
and then the rest are just fascists are just conscripts are just like hey join the the army because that's where most of the rebels come from that's the whole um there's all those uh x-wing books remember half of them are former imperial pilot you oh, basically the rogue one no yeah the rogue yeah. one or not rogue one yeah the, the rogue yes, squadron rogue squadron yeah because <laughs> in those one. books remember they explain it's like the strategy was you'd go to the imperial academy become a pilot and as soon as you graduate, defect and like try to find the rebellion and then all that stuff. That was like the strategy. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that was a uh, a commentary on like the Chinese coming to our schools and then going back home? Well, New Hope is a commentary on Vietnam. I don't know if you've ever heard George Lucas talk about that, but I, he's I like he's actually. like very adamant about how like this is all a metaphor for Vietnam. Wait, so. The Empire is the Viet Cong? No, the Empire is the U.S. Oh! <laughs> but we didn't... Well, they didn't win either. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's very, like... Dude, that's actually crazy. Yeah, he's very adamant that, like... Because that's why uh, the Stormtroopers are all very, like, robotic. Everything's metal. And then the Rebel stuff is, like, all this organic-looking stuff because it's supposed to be... We were this Imperial thing that invaded Vietnam. Yeah, Is Darth Vader McNamara? <laughs> He might be. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> that makes Palpatine Johnson, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. Whoa. Star Wars history lesson. Uh, we need to move on to the other movies. So yeah, because <laughs> we've been stuck on New Hope this entire time. Just get through. They blow up the Death Star. We we all know. Well, I was going to talk about and everyone, the, but Chewie gets a medal. <laughs> I was going to talk about though the um the like the scene that's interesting now to look back on is the Darth Vader versus uh, Obi-Wan lightsaber fight scene. Yeah. Cause some of it is due to like some of the behind the scenes stuff is those lightsabers kept breaking. They weren't built very well. So when they were hitting them too hard, they'd break. So that's why some of the choreography is really tamed. The other part of that is Alex, Alec Guinness is like a thousand years old in this movie. So it's not like he's going to be doing backflips and shit. Oh, you mean like Yoda did? And Yoda was way more old. Yoda was CGI. <laughs> no, uh I saw I saw Frank Oz do that. There was I want to say it was like a month ago. There was a cool YouTube video where two stuntmen put together a like an edited version of this fight scene, intercut with them in costume or whatever. It's you can tell it's not Alec Guinness in the transition scenes, but they filmed it in a way where it's not like a super harsh like the filming grade and stuff mm -hmm. works together pretty well it's a fun kind of add-on and they make the choreography more it's not like super over the top like uh, the prequels but it's it's still more intense as if it is two guys that have fought before yeah because it really makes it look like darth vader's poking at him to see if he's gonna do anything and then he doesn't he's like all right yeah and then we talked about it a little bit at the beginning but vader hitting him Earl going to hit him and then him just turning into the robes because like it hadn't been established that that's what becoming one with the force is so I was super confused as a kid being like wait when Obi-Wan did it there was like blood why would why you vaporize when you're hit by a lightsaber <laughs> like that's intense but then there's even Vader's like poking it with his shoe being like what the hell just happened yeah so it's supposed to be a big deal that he became one with the force so and I think I think Obi Wan in extended universe stuff was supposed to be the first one to do that, right? 
I think if, he was. If you were in that universe and your dad like left you when you were young and your mom's excuse was he became one with the force. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to leave your child behind? Tell him I became one with the force. So you just set up like robes in your living room? (laughs) What a mean trick. (laughs) Whoa. I didn't tell you, but your dad was actually a Jedi. (laughs) And he finished his training. So he became one with the force. Elrond Hubbard. (laughs) Yeah, but... I guess we, because just for time, we got to skip through the Death Star scene, even oh, though yeah. I, I wanted to spend an hour talking about Porkins, like the greatest unintentional fat joke <laughs> of all time. <laughs> you call the fattest pilot Porkins, and he gets shot down like immediately. He's lagging behind. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I did want to bring this up because I'm going to bring it up. I'll probably bring it up again in the sequel trilogy, but... So Luke is set up. He keeps bringing up that he is a pilot. Like he's a great pilot throughout all of New Hope, and he gets in an X-wing, and you're like, "Wow, they're really gonna let this farm boy just like go up there?" And you're kind of like, "Ah, oh, well, I guess they don't have a lot of men, so they need all the help they can get." He doesn't do great at first in the battle. I would actually argue he does terrible throughout the battle. He just makes the the final shot at the buzzer. Yeah, <laughs> like he does that whole. There's the whole scene of him shooting down at the turrets or whatever, and he flies too low and gets scorched, and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing, Luke? He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, well, it's like you're driving a new car. You're just feeling it out. Yeah, as opposed to what we'll see later in the sequel trilogy where it's like, oh, I've been living on a desert the entire time. It's cool. I can navigate the Millennium Falcon through the wreckage of a Death Star and just get us where we need to go. But we're not there yet. No. Technology. Yeah, but yeah, it's Death Star blows up. Luke Luke and Han get a medal. And those shots are crazy. They're like going horizontal and they just drop. Yeah, I I I was confused by that too. I wondered if it was like a thing where it's like a missile where it goes at a trajectory to hit a certain point, but if it's a vacuum, like you're going down a t- tube, how would you know where to I don't know. Yeah, that that one is tough. That's a that's a tough one on me. Uh I like that that's all retconned in um Rogue, Rogue One, One that they set up that it was an intentional weakness. It's a nice save because that was always kind of a funny joke of like there's one small little weakness. Like I was reading on Reddit today that they even make fun of that in the old extended universe books. It's one of the new Jedi Order books, but Han Solo goes on some rant of like that's not something the Empire would have done. Empire would have made some monstrosity named it the emperor's nostrils or some shit. And like, he goes in this whole thing and then adds, and they would have left one maintenance hatch undone, which could have led to the whole thing exploding. <laughs> like he like calls that out. I think that's funny, but yeah, Death Star blows up. They get their medals and then except Chewie doesn't. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> he deserved one, but that's not enough to do what they do in Re- revenge of the, or turn of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Return There's of too many the R's clones. and S's. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Close Strikes Back. Yeah, the uh, Empire Strikes Back, though. I know you say this is when Mark Hamill does the worst acting. Oh, yeah. But it's it's the best. It is, you have to agree. It is the best Star Wars movie of them all, right? Are you on that same level with me? I mean, I like Star Wars and all that. <laughs> Like, I really do. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy the extended universe stuff a lot more. But, uh, 
you know, to say like this is like leagues and above all the other Star Wars movies. Like, I mean, I don't know. It was better to me than New Hope, but it's Mark Hamill is so annoying when he first showed up on screen, and then he's just like a little punk the whole time. I, I I'm gonna defend that choice though because that's that's his arc. Like, that's the whole reason that builds up to him getting bitch-slapped by Vader at the end of the movie. Yeah, but does it have to be so on the nose? The the talkies, you know, we've had those for a while. (laughs) The talkies. (laughs) You don't have to overact like them silent films. I don't know. I I just wasn't as as annoyed by it. You know what I mean? Like, I was annoyed by it, but in the way I think it was intended, which is that, like, yeah, Luke's being a little cocky shit right now. Yeah. Super But annoying. I mean it makes sense too if you're coming off like you're now like the hot shot in the um uh, the Rebel Alliance and everything and you know, you th- you think you're hot shit because you know a little bit about the force. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just don't like people like that in real life, so why would I like them in a movie? <laughs> it's true, but they're in the Empire Strikes Back. It's one of those things where it's so recognized for Hoth. Yeah. But they're not actually they're on Hoth for like would you say like twenty minutes of the Maybe. movie? It's awesome. They uh, and that it is arcade super awesome. game with the, where it starts out on that level is oh, awesome. That is a great so one. So fun. But and it's that's just one of those things where it's super cool that you can tell it's shot. It's, you know, most of it is shot actually like in the snow. That it's actually, I mean, global warming can't do that now. But oh yeah, <laughs> no, not not even with polar bears. No polar bears. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just all very visually well done and it continues the trope of planets having one ecosystem <laughs> where like Tatooine it was all desert this is all snow all right Luke's probably like can I find a place with like just a temperate well to think <laughs> him growing up in Tatooine he probably thinks that's temperate oh that's true he's probably like super excited yeah get him on Kashyyyk he's like uh, what uh. is sweat <laughs> or like it's like this humidity level yeah the humidity's <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> You guys live with this? <laughs> That's pretty funny to think about. He doesn't like he just has no idea what humidity is. Yeah, what are seasons? <laughs> is that when the suns are up or not? The Battle of Hoth is pretty awesome. Yeah. And it makes sense like from a battle plan too what the empire does. It actually all tracks where like there's a defense thing around the planet, so they can't just bombard the shit out of it. So they have to go down and knock out the shield. Like it all is really well done. All makes sense. The rebels' ex- escape plan makes sense too. Uh, the anti or the ion cannon they fire or whatever does look like a giant boob, and that is made fun of quite extensively in other other mediums. So that's kind of funny, but <laughs> it's a cool thing. I liked. I like that scene too of you just see it hit the Star Destroyer and you can see the Star Destroyer like kind of like not, I guess fall out of formation is the way to describe it. We're just like, I do always laugh at the, um, the announcer, the guy that's like the DJ for, uh, echo Base, Who's just like the first transport is away. (laughs) (laughs) And they all do the like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) We get the uh, the great, I feel like I could take the Empire on all by myself. And then Dak just gets wasted. <laughs> that always was sad to me as a kid. Like, Dak's just, like, in the back, doesn't really get to do anything, and just dies, like, immediately. It happens. <laughs> 
It does. It happened to Nam now that I know that this is about that. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to be looking for Nam connections the whole time. But yeah, the Battle of Hoth, super awesome. Uh, You get the vision of Obi-Wan Kenobi, go to the Dagobah system. That was super cool. Him, I'm trying to remember the story, but the story of the... um, him getting caught because the scene of the what am I thinking the abominable snowman thing I can't think of its name yeah but that creature um I'm so mad at myself that I can't remember that name and some more blood well it's some more blood but that's one of the uh scenes that was added because in the original version it's he's hanging upside down and you hear it and Luke doesn't know where it is and then he breaks free and cuts the arm off and just runs away and it's like a, oh what was that and they added the scenes later where you actually see what it looks like it's a pretty terrifying monster i so like that one a lot it's a cool character design but that's a that's an awesome scene probably one of the most recreated scenes on any playground of just dangling upside down reaching for the lightsaber man i, I think i feel like i brought this up in one of our sequel trilogy reviews but the way the in, uh, in the Force Awakens, the way the lightsaber stuck in the snow and it starts to wiggle, I was like, "This is where they're going to introduce Luke because this is like his thing. It's stuck in snow. He's probably upside down in a tree." <laughs> <laughs> Why do I always keep finding myself in places like this? <laughs> oh, I hate snow. Just swings down from upside down. That'd be pretty funny. But yeah, that's just a great scene. I definitely did that on the monkey bars, though. Did the hang upside down, try to grab it. Even though my most recreated scene and actually hurt myself multiple times was the... Getting your uh, sister to kiss you on your cheek? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Was the... uh, the diving board scene in uh, Return of the Jedi, doing the drop oh, down oh, yeah. to try to shoot yourself back up. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it hurts a lot. <laughs> but, oh, man. What an idiot. I know. I'm, <laughs> All the kids who've done that. Oh, Am I by myself? Am I the only one that thought that would work? <laughs> You're not. <laughs> yeah, you get the infamous hiding inside the dead, Tauntaun. <laughs> That's such a funny scene. The uh, after Hoth though it's it's weird because I guess as a kid I didn't really understand the concept that this whole movie is based around the idea of even though they blew up the Death Star the Empire's still pretty much at full strength they just lost a weapon well that was like a brand new weapon too yeah so they're still at full strength and so the Rebels are on the run and that like Echo Base was just where like they were hiding at the moment and so it's kind of interesting that you know. It's one of those things where the rebels are off, and so this whole whole movie is about Han, Luke, Leia, them going on their own adventures. But it's not because of like they're necessarily on a mission. Like Han and Leia are just trying to get back to the rebels yeah. without being discovered. It makes it kind of an interesting thing, and I think that's why I liked it more as I grew up when that stuff kind of set in. Because Return of the Jedi was my favorite as a kid. But uh, I'm talking about progressive. Who's leading the rebels? Mon Mothma. Yeah. A woman <laughs> with a bowl cut. <laughs> Was that? That's like predicting Clinton. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> George Lucas, what else have you foreseen? <laughs> what else have you foreseen? Yeah, it's cool. I like the. I think both storylines of just Luke and. 
and Han and Leia are equally as fascinating. And I think that's one of the reasons this movie is as well received as it is. Like if you make the comparison to the last Jedi, that's one of the complaints is like the Ray and Luke stuff is fascinating, especially Ray talking to Kylo, but the Finn and Poe stuff that's going on to the side is and like Rose and Rose. You're yeah. like, I don't know why I should care about this as opposed to empire here. Like, Everything that's going on with Han and Leia is both exciting because they're, you know, on their own space thing, almost get eaten by that worm. Um, you know, they're being hunted by bounty hunters. Like, it's, like, very interesting. It's fast-paced. And then the, even the slower-paced stuff with Luke is super fascinating because we're learning about the Force. We get the great, like, uh, I think it's the one of the... Yeah, with Yoda. Well, that's what we get into. With, it's awesome. With Yoda, the reason he's such a great character and he stands out in this movie too is like one of the red letter media guys was talking about this because he was complaining how Yoda was portrayed in uh, Last Jedi because he was like kind of goofy Yoda. And uh, the whole, how it's set up in Empire is Yoda's this weird frog thing at first and there's no way he could be this Jedi master that you're, you know, that Luke's supposed to be looking for. And then there's just that moment where he stops acting like that and it's just like, Obi-Wan, why'd you bring me this kid? He's not ready for this. And he's just like immediately goes serious and becomes the wise Master Yoda we all know and love. It's just like a great, well done, like that same thing to uh, Lord of the Rings. The Even the smallest people can have the biggest surprise. I forgot what the Gladriel quote is, but you know what I mean? Where it's a great, makes the audience go, oh, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned something. I shouldn't judge people kind of thing. By their size. By their size, Or yeah. their color. Or the shape of their ears. The shape of their ears or the fact that they live in a swamp. They, their their forehead looks like a, a weird butthole. I thought one of the funniest scenes in this whole movie as a kid was when R2 falls in the swamp and uh, his headlight comes out and uh, he starts going one way and Luke just goes, R2... <laughs> that way and then it's just start to be like oh. <laughs> starts going. I thought that was the funniest thing as a kid for some reason <laughs> R2 it's that way <laughs> I don't know why and it's always been glued in my head as just like why did I think that was would so you goddamn funny no okay. I don't think I would quote that I usually when I quoted Star Wars it was usually always like the serious stuff because I was like oh Star Wars is so cool and anyone who doesn't like it is evil <laughs> yeah i was one of those nerds i'm still one of those nerds to be honest but <laughs> so endearing so endearing uh what do you think because i know you're complaining about the um mark hamill's like acting in these scenes mm -hmm. but but so, taking that away what do you think of the just the dig of a training stuff it's fine i i think i i the part I really like is the dream what sequence in the tree. Oh, the cave. Yeah, the cave is my my fave. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like I think it is a little long. Um, it is long, and there is a. I do agree with this complaint that I see a lot is that Empire. One of the hard things to understand is how much time's going by. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's very much implied that a lot of time has gone by, but at the same time, the way it's kind of filmed it could also have just been like a week so it, it that i get it's the pacing of it slows down especially with the luke stuff but 
someone like me that's super into the Jedi stuff in Star Wars, that's like all I want. But I completely understand people that aren't as into that much, seeing that as like where the movie just crawls to a halt. Uh, but yeah, the cave scene's awesome, and it's a great setup for the uh, I'm Your Father, because that's just something you're not thinking about. It also has just the double layer of the, like, if he strikes Vader down, he'll become him, which is for Return of the Jedi. Like, a lot of layers to that. I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know if I talked to you about this already. The um, I've been reading the Kylo Ren comics that have been coming out. Um, I heard he killed someone in his first kill. Yeah, he had his first Jedi kill in the thing. It's been, the dialogue has been, some of the dialogue has been beyond comically bad. But the story itself is making me so mad because it's great. And this should have been the goddamn movie. You know what I mean? It's one of those moments where I'm just like, what wasted potential? Because you're seeing in the comics Luke be the Jedi master like you want him to be. It's very frustrating. But uh, when Kylo's training with Snoke, that's a comic, and uh, he takes him to Dagobah, and Kylo goes into the tree, and he sees um, Han and Leia, and it's like an interesting meltdown thing. But it's it was just like a cool thing to see the tree again, and it's like a point of reference of like, in the universe, this is like a very serious dark side thing that exists, that everyone acknowledges, so that's kind of cool. And that's what... I don't know. I don't think they say it in the movies ever, but that's why Yoda's there because it's hiding his presence. Like the Emperor can't sense huh. Yoda's light side presence because the dark side presence there is so palpable that you can't see the light there. Because that's something that's kind of funny to think about. Is like Obi Wan, you can see how he could go into hiding because like he's a powerful Jedi, but he's not like beast mode. But, like, Yoda's supposed to be this, like, all-powerful Jedi. Like, I feel like it'd be really hard for him to hide, but it makes sense in that context that he could, like, use the darkness to cloak himself. Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, but I like Luke's training. It's, like, an interesting mix of Yoda just telling him everything he thinks, (laughs) everything Luke thinks about stuff is wrong and then having him do physical exercises. Talking in his cute little way. Yeah, the... It's still such a powerful scene, and I, I kind of hate it how they homaged to it in um, Rise of Skywalker, but the removing the yeah. X-Wing out of the water, like Luke failing to do it and then Yoda doing it with such little effort is such a great, awesome thing. And just like the he way still has a lot to learn. And it's another one of those great John Williams moments where how just the music swells as the X-Wing comes out of the swamp and everything. Just all around great, and then Cloud City stuff's pretty tight. What do uh, I mean? Great. We're talking about Legos a lot, but that was a fun Lego set. Yes, it was. But what do you think about the whole? I, I guess I should call the Han and Leia like side plot of Cloud City. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. Like, like planet, planet again. You know, like it's a city. I don't know what else is on the ground that's just in the clouds yeah i i think bespin is just like a gas giant and so cloud city is just like why are you even there question well, I, well I think they're i think they take some sort of resource resource off of bespin is what i took it as but i i'm i haven't looked i i probably did it forever ago and i probably have a book in my room right now that explains all that shit but i just can't remember off the top of my head the uh but like as far as the what's going on there it's a, it's a pretty interesting 
an explainable plot because it's Lando's in charge, mm-hmm. and he basically sets them up to hand him over to the to Vader because Vader got there before them, and it makes sense. You know why all that would happen just because, like we kind of said, the Empire's in charge, so Lando doesn't have any way to like fight this. Um, the carbonite freezing stuff's pretty cool. It's it's such like an interesting, weird like I even like it's such a little thing, but I like it when exposition like this is used where it's the whole carbonite freezing thing and it's just Boba Fett being like, What if he doesn't survive? Because like no one really knows if this is gonna work. It adds more layers to just like well, why would they have prisons at all? Why wouldn't they just carbonite freeze anybody? You know what I mean? It, yeah. it fills in enough holes with like a single line of dialogue that takes up not even 10 seconds of the movie. And I feel like a lot of movies nowadays fail to understand that you can do exposition in a tight, concise way that explains a lot of the loopholes that people are walking out of the movie being like, what the hell? Why did that happen? Yeah. But yeah, I like just the look of Cloud City. Mm-hmm. It's very like the underground of cloud cities, very dark and red. And it contrasts so great with, you know, the bright white hallways and then the added in special effects of the window. So we can see outside. I, I go back and forth on whether I like that add on. What's your take on that? The, like them adding the CGI windows. So you see outside. I think it's fine. I go back and forth. Cause I've seen it without it. And it does add like an interesting level of like, claustrophobia to where you almost feel more with Han and Leia of like, we got to get out of here. Like we can't keep staying here. It adds like a weird, it's oppressive. Yeah. Oppressive kind of feeling. Cause like the cloud city is so pretty. Like it's just this beautiful sky and everything. And they're taking care of. So you're like, why are they in like a rush? But at the same time, the flip side of that is by having the windows, it makes it seem like a more lived in world. Mm-hmm. And so there's con- pros and cons to both of that. But even though it's not the best choreographed fight, I would say. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take that back. I think it's one of the best choreographed fights. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I just did a complete 180 on that. But uh, the Luke and Vader fight in this movie is just so good. And I think it is because it's a mixture of emotion and just well-done choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like that. As a kid, I watched it and I'm like really rooting for Luke. And I'm like, come on, you can do it kind of thing. And like, I look for when he gets the advantage, like in, in excitement. But as I got older as an adult, like I just noticed more and more subtleness of just Vader's just toying with him. Vader's just like playing with him. <laughs> it adds such like a more terrifying, you know, dynamic. And you're like, why did Yoda let him leave? Yeah. Oh, man. If I was Yoda, I'd been like, so Luke's dead now. <laughs> oh, we skipped the... Because uh, this is set up for Return of the Jedi discussion, but the um, when Luke does leave Dagobah, Yoda says... Because uh, Obi-Wan goes, that boy was our last hope. And then Yoda says, no, there's another. So that wasn't... Now it's Leia. But originally when that line was written, it wasn't supposed to be Leia. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unclear who it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be a character they were going to possibly introduce later. But because the ending of Return of the Jedi was supposed to be so different, that line set up a possible different outcome, if that makes sense. 
but I'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, the Luke versus Vader fight is. So it was never meant to be even like Anakin. Oh, the uh, that boy was our only hope stuff. Yeah. No, it was it was supposed to be some character yet to be introduced. What? That's that's what I've read. That that line was originally not supposed to be Leia because they didn't decide Leia was going to be Luke's twin till um, the filming of Return of the Jedi. And uh, I mean, we can kind of skip to that. The ending of Return of the Jedi was supposed to be Han dies, Leia becomes the leader of the what's now the Rebel Republic or whatever. Wait, um, what does Mom Mothma get? Well, I mean. Mon Mothma is there, but you know what I mean? Like she's now a more prominent figure or whatever. And then Luke, Luke was supposed to, I think he was supposed to, um, redeem Vader, but, uh, kill the emperor. And it was supposed to be Luke went dark side and Luke tells Leia, if I stay, I'll just become like Vader. Like he, and he walks into the sunset as just like, I got to go figure shit out. And I think the idea of no, there's another was supposed to be that there was someone else that was going to fill Luke's void when he left or something. You it's know what I mean? supposed to be Ray. I, th- yeah, I don't know. But I personally think that's such a badass ending. Uh, I mean, I like the ending of Return of the Jedi that we got. I'm perfectly satisfied with that. I think that's how Rise of Skywalker should have ended. That's But again, save that for the sequel trilogy stuff. But uh, I mean, Luke getting his hand cut off in Empire's pretty awesome. I, I just the way Empire ends, it's both they got their asses kicked, but there's a mission, there's hope. Let's go on. There's excitement for the next installment. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, you're like, what's gonna happen? Yeah, it's very much like Vader just said, "I'm your father," which again, that was an added story plot that this wasn't before planned before that again with the fetishes but that's before the fetish that's before the fetish <laughs> i love that story of that only hamill it's only hamill the guy who's in the vader suit and um and um james old jones. james old jones were the only cast members that knew about the i'm your father thing like i love that whole story of them keeping it that tight locked just because once uh, Irving Kishner and George Lucas like came up with that idea. They were like, "Oh my god, that's gonna like shake people." And they, I like when people are confident enough in knowing something like that's gonna be a big deal, so they like really keep a tight grip on it. So, because I mean, that's I would argue that's the most iconic thing about Star Wars, right? That just oh, that yeah, line, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Luke, I am your father. Like, Such a hot, you know it to be true. We can rule the galaxy as father and son. It's not a bad deal. No, I will never join you. Just, he sounded just like that. He did. He did. Me. <laughs> but yeah, just like with, because when Empire ends, you got that news weighing on you. Because I imagine, I imagine if you were in that audience in 80, 1980 or whatever, you're thinking going like, no, it's got to be a trick. Like Vader's just messing with them. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if the internet had existed back then, I bet shit the shitstorm of just chat rooms would have been crazy. But it, it again, there's still hope. Like there is a hopefulness. Don't say hope. Is there a synonym for hope? There is a 
a light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. That's fine. That's better. You're, but you're even getting at, and it's mainly because that's something I still hold against The Last Jedi, is it just doesn't have that. That ending ends with, like, I don't know what they're going to do next. This doesn't make... There's a lot of, like, weirdness to that. They're going to make babies. They're going to make babies. But, yeah, Return of the Jedi... I I enjoy the opening of the Return of the Jedi, like the whole Tatooine sequence. I think that's honestly one of the best parts of any of the Star Wars movies. I it's it's both fun, it's serious. Like I mean, except for a couple of things with Han Solo on the barge, like the Boba Fett, or the Boba Fett, and he like turns and <laughs> yeah. hits the jetpack. Like besides that, it's it's pretty serious, uh, and it felt still like an adventure movie. And you have your favorite version of Leia. <laughs> slave Leia. <laughs> that's like that's such a weird that's like especially nowadays that is such a weird thing when you first see her in like the get up like chained to Jabba the Hutt you're like oh what, what? the hell <laughs> yeah and to think that it's like we've got Ewoks for the kids and Slave Leia for them teen boys <laughs> for them teen boys and really just all them boys for the dads that brought the boys. For George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. How how many late nights in the editing room? I, I just love... I mean, there's so many good things about it of just... Not the Slave Leia <laughs> stuff. I realized that way too late into saying that statement. But the opening of this movie... Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just R2-D2 and C-3PO. They've got their, like, back and forth. I like the trick of um, the hologram to Jabba the Hutt is like as a token of my appreciation, like accept these droids and see through. He was like, no, 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 that can't be the message, right? <laughs> like, I like panic, like, no, 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 no. You obviously played the wrong message. That whole setup. I like um, the, f- I, it's weird that there's like the first attempt to get Han out of there with Leia sneaking in. Yeah. I guess Luke was the backup plan. Like if that didn't work. Usually it's like the you, you send in plan A first and not like plan D. Yeah, because plan D was pretty well thought out and very effective. But uh, that's a that's a great Joseph used to be able to do that laugh so well of the when she's they're sneaking out and it's just the oh 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 <laughs> he's like I know that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great scene. <laughs> the little like uh, that thing used to creep the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. It's like jumps on the ceiling at one point after uh, R2 tries to fry it. Oh, man, that's such a weird one. But just the whole escape, the Luke giving the, like, salute, and then everybody's, like, nodding at each other. And then, like I said, something I recreated way too many times with the diving board of trying to jump down. You get the badass Luke's new lightsaber. Yeah. Pew. I love that story, too, of that it was supposed to be blue as well because in George Lucas's mind... There was only blue and red, but when they were filming the blue, it looked awful on the sand landscape with the blue sky behind it. So they needed to make it green to well, was, just yeah, to have it cool. pop. But it made it unintentionally. They made it more iconic. It became more of a like Luke's his own person. Like this is obviously a brand new lightsaber that he made. It became such a cooler thing. Him just wrecking fool. He is straight up just murdering people on Jabba's like floating palace and some of them had no choice but to be there i'm sure <laughs> the pay was good yeah some of them are just like you they're know there because their families are being held hostage <laughs> luke's just slicing through them super cool 
<laughs> I love thinking about it. I like love that. thinking about Luke just murdering people. Luke also has the badass. He chokes out the two Gamorrean guards when he enters. That's pretty awesome. That's such a great scene too, with just the cloak over him and just. There's a name for the fat guy that's in love with the Rancor, and I can't remember his name, but I had his action figure. Wow, I did. It's the one where when Luke kills the Rancor, he comes in and just like sees it and just <laughs> like starts crying. <laughs> they shared something. Yeah. Then uh, we get the. It's a weird scene, but it's still pretty powerful. Of when Luke goes back to Dagobah, he's like, "I got a promise to keep, or whatever." Yeah. And it's just to see Yoda die. I told the old fart, "I'm gonna be there." I hope I hope I'm like that self-aware that I'm about to die when I die that I'm like Guys, talking to come. whoever and I'm just getting in bed and being like, "All right, this is it. All right, <laughs> any last questions?" And then that way I can just do the okay, one last question. <laughs> and then just say the answer just, "All right, bye." And <laughs> just gone. <laughs> Kim, that's your question. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> but it's such self-control. You can hold on just for that last minute. Just then fade, become one with the force. I don't know why, but I really I really appreciated the shot of Yoda dies or whatever. And uh, when Luke's getting onto the X-Wing, when he looks back at the hut, the light goes out. I don't know. It's just like a very well done, kind of like made it hit home harder. And then you get the certain point of view conversation, which ends up yeah. being the excuse for anything that happens in Star Wars now. And it's almost as bad as the uh, Ray just being able to heal shit, where it became such a crutch of just like, well, from a certain point of view, it's like, no, yeah. we can't do this. <laughs> just tell the truth. <laughs> Life is complicated from a certain point of view. That's such, that's beyond gray. You lied, Obi-Wan. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> Yes, technically, the Darth Vader did kill Anakin's father in a spiritual way. But Darth, you could have just said, by the way, Anakin became Darth Vader. Yeah. You dick. <laughs> That's such messed up. Is I think it was Liz we were talking to that was like, so Obi-Wan and Yoda basically tricked this kid into trying to kill his father without telling him it was his father. And then when he found out his dad, they're like, well, I mean, like, yeah. from a certain point of view, he's your dad. When you look at it that way, I think, you, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's like, are we, is this immoral? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's a Sith, so like. What is a father? <laughs> <laughs> he's more man now than machine. Yeah. You're just killing a machine. Machine, yeah. You're just restarting the computer. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rick and Morty joke. It's yeah. like. They're they're nobody. They're just robots. <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant metaphorically. I meant metaphorically. They're drones to the system. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an interesting conversation. Is this this is where he figures out Leia's his sister? This is the whole <gasps> Leia. Yeah, Leia's my sister. Blah. And then a lot of questions are asked because they definitely made out in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, behind the scenes. Oh. Yeah, well, I think at this point, Mark was Mark Hamill out as gay at this point. I can't remember when he came out. I don't know. Doesn't matter. The uh, such a it's such a it's such a staple now of Star Wars that their brother and sister like it's been years and years of that being the canon. 
I really do wonder what it'd be like if they weren't like how that would have set up the stories going forward. Cause that's such like a big part of star Wars now is that Luke and Leia are the twins of Anakin and Padme. Like it's all, it's such so anchored in that it seems weird to be like, Oh yeah, this was a fourth quarter decision they made. Yeah. Yeah. And really the only payoff ultimately with things that are canon is she talks to, uh, Kylo. Oh yeah. Well, now yeah. Pre trequel or sequel trilogy, it was like a huge deal, and it was cool. She became a Jedi for a little bit, then decided she didn't want to be, and then her kids were the main storyline for the extended universe. It was cool. What was the girl's name? Uh, Jacina, 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 and Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. And then Anakin was the younger brother. It's been so long. Anakin was the one that went out like a G. Remember, Anakin died. Like, Chewbacca died saving Anakin. Yeah. And then Anakin died defending his girlfriend and then the the Padawans during the, like, a raid on the temple or whatever. He went out like a G and killed everybody. <laughs> like, it was one of those, they, like, go to where he died and everyone around him's dead, including him. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> good for him. But uh, now they had to delete all that, all that goodness. It's pretty easy to just go in there. <laughs> Control, delete. Yeah. <laughs> Control A, select all. <laughs> delete, save. <laughs> the the middle ground of Empire, or I mean of Return of the Jedi is interesting. The whole like indoor mission to destroy yeah. the thing. Meh. It's it's weird because this is the first besides like I said, the like Boba Fett, the Boba Fett like this is when you're first like, wait, Han Solo's not acting like Han Solo. He's kind of a little bit more bumbling. And then I mean the the speeder bike chase is awesome. Yeah. But after that we're introduced to the Ewoks Which and it gets weird. weird. Like I don't mind the Ewoks. I 100% would have preferred them to be Wookiees. Yeah. Like that's such They could have an... done the same stuff too. Exactly. And been but it would have been so much cooler and the, it would have made more sense to be like, "Oh yeah, these Wookiees would destroy stormtroopers." <laughs> like bring it on. Yeah. And there would have been an extra layer with Chewbacca where Chewbacca would be like, "You guys, <laughs> I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> I'm hang out with this white dude. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but it, it's like it, the mission itself makes sense in a way. It's just weirdly done. And it also is one of those things where it keeps focusing on the main three leading the mission that you forget that it's not just them. Like I always think about it. I'm like, why were the three of them? The only ones that were gonna oh yeah, they had a whole team with him. We just don't never we don't ever see them until the battle starts. Yeah. Cause like that's its own strike force thing. Um I love all the Luke stuff in this movie though. That's one of the things why I loved it as a kid, and it was my favorite as a kid, because once Luke leaves the group and goes meets with Darth Vader, I know you don't like it because you think he's overacting, I guess. No, he's better in this movie than he is in the Empire Strikes Back. Because it's one reason why, like, I might actually like this movie more than Empire, just because it's a little less. Yeah, I I think he does get a little hammy on the when they're on that bridge and it's the um, he's first telling Vader like I sense the good in you. There's the there's one where he like really kind of hams it where it's the I sense it in you then that's why you couldn't destroy me before that's why he wants to destroy me now and he like looks <laughs> off and it's like okay that was delivered a little weird. <laughs> He's processing yeah. in real time. 
But he, I think Mark Hamill does great when it gets to the Emperor's throne room, and it's very much that conflict of like he wants to straight up just murder this dude, but he knows what will happen if he does. There's a lot of conflict there, and I like that. Space battle in this one is insane. So good. I loved this one. I loved that it wasn't any of the main three. I liked that it was Wedge and that it was Lando. I thought that that added such a cooler layer to that perspective. It's of, a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> Focus all firepower on those dodge boys. <laughs> it's always a forgotten part, but that's just as funny. How he says that is just as funny. It's, it's a trap. <laughs> it's so good. Because what is it's the deal is they the shield generators up. And then they realize when they are there that the whole ploy was to get the fleet there. And they like, oh, it, that was it. It was, they made it seem like the Death Star wasn't operational, like the weapons weren't operational, but they were. And that was the big trap. How fast. Yeah, they built that thing fast. It's faster than a Chinese building a hospital. Have you seen Clerks? No. You've seen, oh, no, we were talking about, yeah, we I haven't talking seen about, That's one of the best parts of clerks because honestly to watching that movie i did not think about that because we were joking about the first death star in the second death star they they talk about in clerks they talk about like for a job like that there had to have been private contractors you know guys they brought on to help the force it couldn't have just been the imperial navy and stuff building that (laughs) and that really does add that layer of like oh shit yeah there were probably like a ton of people that were working on building that sucker that are just dead yeah <laughs> it's so weird to think about that <laughs> just don't think about it you know it's a bunch of bad guys it's like the cries of a million people true suddenly silent yeah well i guess it didn't evaporate though because we saw in rise of skywalker most of it just fell into the ocean the whole thing yeah the whole thing <laughs> just fell into the ocean it doesn't matter that it turned to dust <laughs> yeah what is dust Palpatine, that's what he'd been doing all that time. He'd been slowly just like putting it back together. P- hearing people's explanation of how it could have happened. There's no explanation. Is infuriating. Infuriating. Them doing the whole like, how could, when everyone was like, how would he have gotten off the Death Star in time? They're like, Luke and Vader did. And it's like, well, first off, they barely did. Second off, they weren't just thrown into a giant ass pipe and exploded somehow. Ugh. And just, like, imagine uh, the moon crashing into a planet. Like, that's not just going to be okay. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. That's true. Like, that would have done some damage. That's a cataclysmic event. (laughs) None of those horse things. Maybe, maybe, uh, oh, no. I was going to say maybe that caused the water. Maybe it landed on land, but it hit so hard it caused some sort of, like, underwater thing to, like, sprout. It didn't have water before. (laughs) I don't know, man. So that's that planet's flood. <laughs> yeah. But there was no Noah. <laughs> Giant space metal fell from the sky. Going back to Return of the Jedi, though. Yeah. The the battle that happens on Endor is is definitely, it's four kids. It's these teddy bears killing stormtroopers, which in a certain light is terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all the stormtroopers are beaten to death with like rocks and shit. That's super dark in retrospect. And like the tree, like sandwich stuff. The tree sandwich stuff is it's it's cool, but that also is like a super dark. Like, like oh my on? gosh, I I still feel so bad when it's the Ewoks are running and uh, one of them gets <laughs> shot and the other one gets up and it's like, you okay? And it's like mm-hmm. he's not moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
It's like, yeah. ooh, da, ooh da. It's like, oh, God. So sad. Those teddy bears can die? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they know how to kill each other. That's true, yeah. Oh, you think the first battle was against the Imperials? No way. I'm trying to think where I saw it, where someone propo- propo- uh, proposed. I can't even speak right now. But put forth the idea that possibly the Ewoks ate the stormtroopers. <laughs> what? That, because you never see them like hunting animals and you don't really see any other animals on the planet. So someone, because you see the them using the helmets as drums at the end banquet sequence. It's true. Someone was like, what if, and they were going to cook Obi-Wan and Luke when they caught him. Remember they put him over the fire or they had them on the stick thing and they were going to, they were going to burn him before 3PO saved him. So it's very possible these teddy bears ate all those dead stormtroopers. Isn't that so cute? That's such a roll doll thing to do. (laughs) Oh man. The Vader fight in this one, Vader Luke fight in this one's really awesome because it's almost it's almost the reverse of Empire where it's not that Luke's playing with Vader, but since Vader's going through an emotional turmoil of like feeling the light again, he's almost holding back and doesn't know what to do while Luke's going full ham. Yeah. I called it I always called it the baseball swing cuz like after a certain point he's not even like really fighting. He's just like lobbing that sucker at him. We get to see the first uh, saber throw in that fight scene. That's pretty awesome. When he's on the um, balcony or whatever, and Vader just chucks his saber up there. It's pretty cool. I like that the Emperor just sitting in his chair the entire time being like, Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. It's been a while. <laughs> Usually have to pay for this. <laughs> Pay-per-view in his in space sucks. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm just being in general. It is just funny that he's just sitting there. Yeah. But it's just a, it's not, I don't think it's as well choreographed as the Empire fight scene, but it's more emotional, I guess. Um, the breakdown of just him hitting him repeatedly and then knocking to the side and cut his arm off, such a like, you want to be excited, but then just the way John Williams brings in that music and everything's happening, you're like, Oh wait, this is like a bad thing, isn't it? It's a good play on the idea of like he beat the villain, but that's not a good thing. Yeah. It's an interesting little twist there. Sometimes winning isn't winning. Ooh. Then we get the lightning. It's all about the it's all about Palpatine and his lightning. Everything is about lightning, man. And it's our first time. I like this version of the lightning. <laughs> In terms of, oh, I guess they do it in Attack of the Clones a little bit. But I feel like for the most part, whenever the lightning happens now in other movies, it's just them getting hit by it and everybody's like shaking, like, ah. But in this one, like, you, they do the skeleton thing where it, like, mm-hmm. I guess that was very much like an 80s thing of when someone was hit by like electricity at all, it showed their skeleton. But I don't know, it adds something to it visually for me that I enjoyed. Um, it's just a good emotional scene. Luke crying out for Vader's help. I hate this add-on. Of um, have you seen this yet? When Vader grabs him, they added the no. In- instead of Vader silently just deciding I'm gonna kill this motherfucker and yeah. just picks Palpatine up, they added a no, and he g- picks up Palpatine and then does the throw. Pisses me off. Why? 
I don't know. I have zero idea why they added that one. It's <laughs> it's not as bad as the Revenge of the Sith. No. At least that but was originally in there. Yeah, but this one's still pretty like unnecessary because I actually added the fact that he didn't say anything added to the impact of the moment. Well, yeah, and that it was still a difficult decision. Yeah, that he it was just a I have to do this and just picks him up, throws him over the balcony. Um that's a fun video too if you ever see the <laughs> It's one of those old like WWE wrestling announcers that they put over. It's like, "Oh my god, he's throwing it for the top balcony." Like, "Oh, and he throws it." It's like, "Oh my god." It's like people crying, like cheering. It's like, "He's done it. He's done it." <laughs> Oh, man. But then we see Vader was a white dude the whole time, which was a shock to a lot of people because it was... Well, we saw him before. Well, we didn't... We hadn't before this. Uh-huh. Oh, when you're right. The Empire. mask on. I forgot about that. Actually, was that an added scene? I've always wondered was that. It? If that scene in Empire Strikes Back with a helmet's put on, I want to know if that's added. Not like recently added, but yeah. the, with the 98 whatever special editions. <laughs> with my 98 lenses on. Yeah, my 98 lenses. Because uh, I feel like that was always a joke people made was about Return of the Jedi was that, uh, you know, you think it's Lawrence or um, James Earl Jones the whole time. And uh, they take off the mask and it's some white dude. Um, but maybe I want I really want to know that now. That's something to look up later. But uh, it's a very impactful scene. I like that. The, he, he Again, like Yoda, everybody just knows when they're going to die. And just wants to see Luke with his own eyes. Isn't that what we all wish we could do? Not really. No. I don't know if I want to know. You don't want to know exactly when you're going to die? No. Would you like me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I never do get to do that thing, do I? <laughs> that's true. That's a that's a way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I like... I don't, just the ending of this movie has such great closure. I love him burning Vader's suit is like this... I don't know. It's a very cathartic moment. The way the music's doing, the and party's everything. cool. Well, the I think the party it's it's childish, but again, like it still ends with this closure of like Luke's reunited with his friends. They've beaten the Empire. Sky's the limit. They're like everyone's super happy, and it ends in the kind of corny, cheesy Star Wars way. It just it's closure. Now it's not. <laughs> like the on this most recent rewatch, that's all I could think about was that ending is so hopeful and happy and close like it's just the perfect ending almost to that story. Cause there's all these implied things that you can run with with your mind, even if you don't even take what they did with the extended universe. Delete the if you completely delete that, if you just take that ending, your mind can go crazy with like how awesome their lives are going to be. And they're going to like rebuild the galaxy on their own. And Luke's going to be this Jedi master and all this excitement stuff. Now we know all their lives mean nothing and everything they did means nothing. Palpatine was never dead. It's, it's, it's soul crushing. It really is. And again, like you've said, you know, you've always enjoyed these movies, but you haven't had as much of a attachment to them as I have. And that's perfectly fair. Uh, I always, I was thinking, I was thinking about this analogy earlier this week, because we need to close this out. But going into my thoughts on the sequel trilogy, whoa, 
as a teaser going forward, if I can put this in a Lord of the Rings analogy. Okay, good luck. So if I told you they were coming out with a sequel trilogy to Lord of the Rings, and in this sequel trilogy, uh, Aragorn has uh, banished himself because he found he realized he sucks as a king and is ruining everybody's lives. Sauron is actually still alive and the ring being destroyed meant nothing. He's still just, you know, gaining power. He's actually more powerful than ever before. Um, Aragorn's son is actually now working for Sauron and is, you know, trying to destroy Gondor completely. Uh, Legolas and Gimli, they actually had a falling out and they hate each other, but they might, you know, talk to each other every now and then. Uh, Everything Frodo and Sam did is now pointless. And uh, the world's now in a worse place than in the beginning of Lord of the Rings. Of, in the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. What would you say? Well, I mean, besides saying that you're disregarding the appendices. Post- oh, appendices? No, I control all deleted those when I started this but those, this new sequel trilogy. Those were canon. No, well, they're not, they're not anymore. Oh, I, I took a huge shit on them, and I made my own thing. <laughs> well, the only thing that could be explainable would probably be the Sauron part. It's like <laughs> if you convolute it to make it be like, he wanted to get the ring back because the ring was holding his power hostage, and so you destroyed it, so you just, like, unleashed. No, see, that's an interesting idea, but I'm not going to explain any of that. I'm just going to say, oh, well, he, you know, dark magic is a way to many powerful things, so I'm still just alive. Oh, that's true. I mean, I'm, and, yeah, that would and, suck. And you, know, and you know how, like, I was, really, I, was, I was really struggling to destroy Gondor before? Don't worry. I actually had a secret twice as large army that can destroy Gondor at any moment uh, on the other side of this hill of, in Mordor. Yeah, that big that big boar thing. Yeah, yeah, that was... No, that's nothing. I have one that's like 30 times bigger, can just... Beat just, up your dad. Yeah, beat up your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, that would suck. And anybody who says they don't like it is clearly a toxic fan. You said you were like just kind of teasing, but this is still kind of like pretty long. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and it's about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I know, but I'm just trying to get no. I'm trying to connect to you. I'm trying to connect to no, you. The, the sequel trilogy is so bad; it connects to everyone with any sort of connection with the original. Yeah, even the prequel. Yeah, but that's a teaser for the saltiness of what the next one's going to be. So I'm sorry about that one. It's but inclusive. I've, it's inclusive. Hopefully Josh will be on board for the sequel trilogy one, and maybe he will be. He'll you know he'll tame it a little bit. He'll point out some positivity. I'm gonna. I mean, it I'm was gonna, a movie. I'm gonna try to be as positive as possible going into the sequel trilogy. That's one of the reasons why I'm actually happy it's taken us this long to get to it, because I'm I'm hoping I've calmed down enough to where I can be more objective than I am emotional. You can put on some rose tinted glasses. By rose tinted, I mean the character rose <laughs> and how terrible she is. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's let's wrap this up. We've gone on too long. Sorry about that. It's been a long one. Yeah, we went way over. We just spent a lot of time with a new hope, which is explainable. It's a good one. It is a great one. It's fun to just talk through. Like just to close it out, ranking the original trilogy because we ranked the prequels. Ooh. I would go in terms of enjoyment, I go. Empire, Jedi, New Hope. In terms of quality of film, I think, I go Empire, New Hope, Jedi. Wow. What would you do? Dude, I don't even know. Just in terms of, not even enjoyment, just in terms of what movies you think are, bet like, 
in order of from I best almost to feel worst. like I just have to say New Hope is the best. That's what gives everything else. No, that's and I think I might just have a little tie. I, like Mark Hamill's so annoying in Empire that it really like taints a, a lot for me. I get that, but then, I mean, it's a trap. I disagree, but I get that. Is and then it's a trap, you know, just like that. It's just great. It is great. And then Palpatine is great. And then... Oh, Palpatine is so good. Like, all the ones with the forces is, like, really cool. And the speeder. Like, I love that. I had that little Lego set. And, like, yeah, sure, it was a small one. But, like, it was awesome. So... Uh We'll hit the sequel trilogy next time. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 